0: So, welcome to a special episode of the Swamp Inside Florida Athletics. I'm your host, Anthony Beck, and my co-host Jerry wasn't able to join us tonight for this episode, but he'll be he'll be on for the next episode that we do. But I have Hector Rodriguez from Gators Territory of Rivals.com. Hector, how you doing? I'm good, man. It's nice to be back. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you for coming on, man. This is this, like I said, is a special episode. Because, as we all know, the Major League Baseball draft is coming up soon. And there are a lot of Gator players and Florida Gator signees that expect to hear their names called. So, Hector, this is why we're glad to have you on because you're the expert on this. So, of all of the – of everything that we've heard up to this point, what, what what's the latest that you've heard on – um, the Gator players and signees, and where they expect to be drafted.
1: Well, I mean, it should be a pretty, it should be a pretty hectic draft as it usually is. The um, the draft is very unpredictable because it's the only professional draft in that I can think of that doesn't draft the best player available. The guys that are the most, the most signed that has the most signability, and the guys that. Can fit within a team's budget, but you know it, it's baseball. Everything you know, you can't count out anything because baseball is just such a weird sport. And I expect to, I expect to see a couple Gators and players and commits to get drafted in the twenty twenty one MLB draft.
0: Again. Yeah. And while we're on this subject, I'm going to go ahead and reiterate this to all of the fans that are listening to this. Chase Petty and Andrew Painter are guaranteed not to make it to campus. Yeah,
1: Here. those those two are locks. And in fact, you know what? I I would throw another guy in the mix as a as a lock. Hmm,
0: One who that could be?
1: Yep, Jay Allen.
0: Oh, that one hurt.
1: That,
0: yeah. that one hurts.
1: In fact, I, I, I would go as bold to say is I could see Jay Allen, Jay Allen get drafted late in the first round. And there's three teams that I think that could take him. One, two of the three have late first round picks because, you know, they had great seasons. season. But for me, I could see Jay going to the Toronto Blue Jays. But if he goes in the first round, I could see the Tampa Bay Rays, the hometown team, taking him or the L.A. Dodgers, the, the defending world champions?
0: That, that, those wouldn't be bad spots for him. It just sucks that he probably won't make it to campus. But, you know, we want we want these guys to be successful, and I think that he's going to be a guy that once he fully focuses on baseball, we're all going to see the potential that he has. And I, I think his, his potential is through the roof.
1: Yep. In fact, if actually if Allen gets drafted in the first round, it'd be the fourth year in a row. Florida's top outfield signee has been selected in the first round of the MLB draft. In 2018, the Marlins drafted um, Connor Scott with the either 13th or 14th overall pick. I think it was the 14th. In the 2019 draft, the Detroit Tigers selected Riley Green, who's now a top 25 prospect in baseball. They they took him fifth overall, and the previous draft, the 2020 draft, Zach Levine went ninth overall to the Colorado Rockies. And now I think Jay Allen could be the fourth consecutive Gator outfield signee to get drafted in the first round.
0: Mm. Now, is is there a chance that maybe he doesn't go in the first round?
1: Yeah. in, In fact, I would probably lean more towards him getting drafted as a competitive balance a round pick or an early second rounder but i just don't see him making it at campus i think even though he's very raw and there's some question marks in his game i think his athleticism is too much to ignore and teams and the and teams also think that the back isn't as far behind as most people think maybe there's people that I think that they can develop him if he goes to the tampa bay race they have a great player development system if he goes to tampa I'm more than confident that he will pan out because they do a great job of and then developing their players.
0: Yeah, yeah I agree. And if, if he goes to the Rays, that's going to make one person we know very, very happy, and that's Connor. Shout out to Connor.
1: Yep. Who we yep.
0: have no idea where he is right now.
1: <laughs> might be Cal Tipping in Iowa? I,
0: I, I'm betting he did that too. I know he did. <laughs> <laughs> but but there there's one prospect that I wanted to, of course, ask about that I'm sure we've mentioned him before, but his name is Rene Lastras. Correct. What's the latest you've heard with him?
1: So the latest with Rene is um, he's still getting, I think, on MLB Pipeline they have him as a top 250 draft prospect, but he's on the back end of it. And I think he's a guy that will eventually make it on campus. Um, When it comes to him, there's some swing and miss issues. And also just teams don't like drafting high school catchers early in the draft because of the fear that they won't pan out. There's, you know, there's a little bit of like, um, I don't know how you say, but like teams are just like not certain on guys when they draft tight, when they draft catchers, especially high school catchers, very early in the draft because, you know, the talent that they haven't seen, you know, they haven't seen great talent a lot, you know, a guy from South Florida you see some pretty good talent which Renee is but you know with the swing and miss I mean the power the size and he's an elite defensive catcher no one can, no one doubts that he can't play behind the play at the next level. however, I think he makes it a campus because you know Scouts just don't like drafting catchers very early because you, if you're gonna draft a hitter very high in the draft, you want that kid to produce at the plate. You you know it's almost like okay if he's okay if he's struggling defense we'll find a position for him but catchers in general just aren't you offensive players I mean just look at the major leagues um, Mike Zunino and I'm you know still point him out even though Zunino's got eighteen bombs and an OPS over eight hundred his you know he's hitting at the Mendoza line and for those of you who don't know what the Mendoza line is it's a two hundred batting average but that guy's an All Star because he he's good defensively and he has tons of power. But that's that's like that's where we're at right now when it comes to all star catchers. A guy that can hit a bunch of bombs, but you know, his bat you know, his batting average is subpar to say the least.
0: Yeah, shout out to Mike Zanino. His career all star game appearance. I mean yep. that, that's huge because I mean, if we remember he was drafted what, third overall by the by the, the Seattle Mar- Mariners.
1: Yep. Didn't work out. award winner. He said what? Golden Spikes Award winner, which is the Heisman for college baseball.
0: Yeah, and it didn't work out with Seattle. He goes to Tampa, and it looks like he's he's found a home there. So definitely a major shout out to him for for making the All Star team, even though he plays for the Rays. Can't stand the Rays, but and, you I know. Th-
1: and I think it's a contract year for him. So for him to have this breakout season, it's perfect timing.
0: Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, and if the Rays are smart, they need to look at maybe keeping them.
1: Yeah, but you know the Rays. They don't like spending money.
0: Yeah, that's true. And (laughs) is another guy I think you mentioned, and I think I saw you mention it before. I can't pronounce his last name either, but I think he's a pitcher. Is it Jack Caglione? Yes, him.
1: So I'm going to say because it's already public news. If not, I would have not shared this information, but saw earlier today that somebody has already written an article about this, but Jack is a kid that I think will make it to campus, and I think the biggest reason why is um, he's going to have Tommy John surgery. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Left-handed pitcher, feels very hard. He's actually a two-way player, but most scouts see him more as a pitcher than a hitter, but it it was reported not too long ago that he's going to have Tommy John surgery. And I think with how late the Tommy John surgery is coming. I think teams are going to back off because not only will not be able to play this season, but the 2022 seasons in doubt. And then, you know, like you're drafting a prospect. If you're going to draft a prospect high, and if you're going to spend a lot of money on the kid, you're going to look at him and you're like, are we sure we want to take, you know, we want to take this kid and, especially, you know, who's not going to be ready for another two years. Not not for the big leagues, just ready to play minor league baseball in general. It's a tough situation, I feel, for the kid. Um, and, and if he does go to Florida, I expect him to take a red shirt his his freshman year. I don't think he would be able to play. I think 2022, I think that is a year of recovery for him. Because, um, you know, that that injury takes about a year, a full year to – actually you know get a hundred percent and hopefully you know it's a hundred percent you know the majority of those type of surgeries you know work out because you know the science and technology that we have in today's world has really helped pitchers actually come back stronger than they have in the past but the way i see it, i wouldn't be surprised if he makes it a campus now if a team still drafts him i think the world of him but the way i see it, i think he will end up at the university of florida And, you know, honestly, I just hope the best for the kid because, I mean, my brother's going through Tommy John surgery right now, and I know that that surgery is a pain in the you-know-what, especially that recovery.
0: Was he projected pretty high before this news came out?
1: Yeah. In fact, he was probably, like, a top 100 draft prospect very early on, maybe even, like, snuck into the top, like, 75, like, 50, 75 range. But then, like, I, when I looked up MOB Pipeline, I saw he was like 179. I was like, okay, that's a pretty significant drop. What happened? And I was just thinking, you know, I'm not, you know, first thing I don't, I'm not trying to think of is injury. I'm trying to think of, you know, maybe he's asking a lot of money. You know, maybe his signability is making him not as, um, as enticing for some and will be organizations because they know that they're going to have to pay up in order to make sure that he actually signs a contract and doesn't end up at the university of Florida. But I, I think I know why now that why he's starting to fall in the draft. And I think, and look, I still think he'll be a very good pitcher. Um, if everything goes well, I mean, this is a kid that, you know, can probably, will probably be a bullpen arm. He's got two main pitches trying to develop a third pitch, but you know, with the injury, that third pitch development's going to, take a little bit longer, but he's got a big fastball, a guy that threw 97 miles per hour in his last high school game, but is also a guy with a nasty slurf, and that's a pitch that you rarely see from high school guys. You know, it's usually a curveball slider. This is this pitch is a mix of a curveball and a slider. That's why it's called the slurf. Um, And if, if he comes back fully healthy, in fact, sometimes, you know, these guys come back stronger because the ligaments, that they replace it with is much thicker and it's able to withstand more um, punishment. So if that's the case, I mean, I could see this guy being a Garrett crochet type arm. And if he was the 14th overall pick in the last draft out of the University of Tennessee, left-handed pitcher, um, never played a game in the minor leagues because the White Sox called him up and now he is one of the best left-handed relievers in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's a huge. That's a huge. Will having to have Tommy John surgery, you know, because I mean, if he was projected to get uh, to be a top one hundred player, then that's a lot of money that he's going to end up losing. Because as you said, you know, going to start backing off of him when he gets fully healthy. When he gets on campus, he's going to be one of those guys that that may possibly end up being in the starting rotation, if not. Maybe or if maybe he can be the closer or just a guy that can come in and be a setup guy as well. So there's a lot of different ways you can use him in the rotation. And another guy that I was interested in hearing about was uh, was also Judd Fabian. Like where, where do you think his stock is right now? I know he was rejected first-round pick, but have you heard whether his stock's gone up or maybe going down into the competitive round?
1: I mean, there's, there is a possibility that he goes in a competitive round, but I think he'll get drafted. I think once you get to the Chicago White Sox-Cubs range, I think you're, you're going to start hearing a lot of Judd Fabian talks. And I think he's a guy that is going to ask for a lot of money because Judd's only 20 years old. He can enrolled at Florida a year early. He was supposed to be – when his freshman year was supposed to be his senior season, which is why he, ne- which is why he even made it to Florida because if that kid – with that kid's talent, he – he wasn't expected to make it to campus. He made it to campus simply because he he left school, high school early, and because of that he wasn't eligible for the draft straight out of high school. But this is the kid that I think will make himself a lot of money. Um, I know he was he's was probably a top five projected pick going into the season. There's even talks of him being a potential one one, depending on how well he played the season. <laughs> Obviously, the power numbers are there, but the batting average and the strikeouts are a bit concerning, but. I think if he goes to an organization that ha- that has that can fix those types of mistakes, I think he'll be a very good player. I mean, there one scout even actually drew a comparison to Mookie Betts. I saw it on the MLB Pipeline. And if you know who Mookie Betts is, you know how good of a player he is and how important he is to a team offensive, defensively, and in the base paths. So there, there's a lot to like here about Judd. I, like I said, I think he goes to one of the Chicago teams, whether it's the White Sox or the Cubs. To me, I think he would actually end up being on the Cubs. That's where I've seen some mock drafts had him going. In fact, the Cubs, I don't think, really have a center fielder. So Judd could be that fixed in a year or two.
0: That is music to my ears. Right. There. I know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're a Braves fan and a Cubs fan. I don't get it. And Yankees. Yeah, ex- that that makes it worse. At least the Cubs were like the lovable losers. I mean, I already don't like the fact that you're a Braves fan now. Now you're now, and you're a Yankee fan. Like, come on. Well, see here.
0: I'm gonna explain it for the listeners that don't know. See, back when I was a kid, of course, the Yankees were always on ESPN, so of course I'm gonna watch them play. So I fell in love with the Yankees and the way they played the game, especially with Derek Jeter and the way he played the game, and then the Cubs. If you remember, they were on WGN Network, which is a Chicago-based network. So all of their games, and sometimes the White Sox games were on there. I didn't pay attention to them. But their games were on WGN. And then for a long time, the Braves had TBS. So when you're watching those three teams on those three different channels, that's kind of how I became a fan of all of those teams.
1: Gotcha. All right. Well, so, I mean, so I really It's, it's that. not
0: just bandwagon jumping or anything.
1: Well, right now, the Cubs and the Braves are down. Even the Cubs are, like, down pretty bad. So, it's so it's not like you're bandwagoning. I mean, maybe in 2016, you were a bandwagoning. And to be honest with you, I think most of the country was because we just wanted to see the Cubs finally win a World Series.
0: I will tell you right now, I will admit this on this show right now. That was the only time where tears came out of my eyes because one of my teams won the won the championship. <laughs> if you are a Cubs fan, if you're not a Cubs fan, you just don't understand what that moment meant to us fans. Like, you, you won't, you, it, it, the only fan base that could understand it would be the Red Sox when they won the World Series back in 2004. Yep. And it was like 86 years for them. Like It was over 100 years for the Cubs. I didn't know if I'd ever see the Cubs win a World Series in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, no, and especially when I, I lived in – you know, I lived in Chicago for a year. So, you know, whenever I wasn't cheering for the Marlins, I was always looking at the Cubs. I was like, man, I, you know, a lot of my teammates were Cubs fans. So I wanted the, I wanted them to finally win a World Series. So that way my friends can enjoy, you know, a World Championship. Like how I – you know, I was super young when the Marlins won in 03. But, I mean, that is like I, – I still remember vividly where I was, how I reacted when – Joss Beckett tagged out Jorge Posada to complete the complete game shutout and the Marlins winning in game six in the Bronx against the Yankees. In the Queen, just had, in Queens. Did just, just, just to bring that up, huh? Yep. Oh, first, do you also know, first of you all, know Posada Marlins works for never the Marlins? Been there. You know Posada works for the Marlins?
0: Yeah, I, I, I heard about that. First yeah. of all, the Marlins should have never been there. We all know what happened.
1: Yeah, Moistus Alou remembered who gave him his first ring. He let that ball go.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to um say this again. Steve Bartman should never be allowed another Cubs game ever again.
1: Yeah, uh, but you know what? Steve Bartman can come to Miami whenever he wants. It's all on him. He doesn't have to pay for anything.
0: You better hope I don't live there. You won't. Very well could, but, you know, if I do and he's there uh, – um. Me and him will just have a heated discussion. Don't know where that discussion is gonna go, but it's gonna be heated. Yeah.
1: That but, guy's uh, <laughs> like in the witness protection program, because Cubs fans are like wanting to kill the guy. But can you blame them? <laughs> y- yes, I mean, what you know? What the you know the real villain should be? Very of Alex Gonzalez, because I think that that's very uh, bad. He had a chance to turn a over play and he botched it. And then after that, the Martins offense, you know, turned into the 2017 Houston Astros, you know, with the, with the trash cans. Ding, ding. Got the Marnins weren't using trash cans to – So
0: you guys were the ones that started that.
1: Dude, I don't even think that technology existed at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah, fun times. But then getting back to the draft, um, yeah, we're sorry about that. Man. I mean, he he had, he brought up painful memories, but, you know – yeah, and getting back – I would love to see Jeff Fabian in the Cubs organization. I think that would be the perfect spot for him because, as you said, you're right, they don't really have a center fielder. And so he can come in and immediately fix that situation right there.
1: Well, I mean, he's going to take some time in the minors to, you know, fix yeah. what fix his issues. But, I mean, I, I mean, who's the center fielder right now? Is it like Jock Peterson or somebody?
0: And I don't know here right now, so gotcha. so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we're we're sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties here, but we're back. We're back.
1: Who's who's we we're? Isn't it just you?
0: No, we're gonna blame Hector too, so Oh, all right, I'm gonna take 75 percent of the blame and give Hector 25.
1: percent Wait, why is it why is it my fault? I'm, not, I'm just here. But let's go. Let's keep let's keep talking.
0: Yeah, I, I think what I was saying was Jock Peterson is the Cubs center fielder right now, but I don't know. if I don't know what their plans are long term for him. Yeah,
1: because Jock's on a one year deal. He's done after this year. Yeah,
0: season. yeah, he's on a one year deal right now. Yeah, and of course Wait. you have Jason Hayward and Wright. So.
1: Would that have been nice to have Kyle
0: Schwerber in your outfield. Yeah, all of a sudden he leaves the Cubs and now he's an all star. Yep. Yeah, what yeah, what was that all the years that you were with the Cubs? <laughs>
1: well he did hit like 30 bombs one year with the Cubs.
0: I yeah, um yeah, there was. And then I know the year they won the World Series, he tore his ACL early and then came back for the World Series.
1: Yeah. And the year before he in that the year before in 2015 he went off in the playoffs. Yeah, I went to I went to one of their games in the NLCS game three. He he hit a bomb to right center to left center field.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I I vividly remember though remember that. Yeah, but yeah, Jet will definitely fix an issue that they have in outfield. Yeah, and another guy, of course. Are we Tommy recording? Mace. Yeah, we're recording. Okay. Yeah, Tommy Mace is another guy. I wanted to ask? Well, I know early I saw a projection where the Braves were looking at him and were projected to take him, but I don't know if they if the mock drafts have changed since then. Where do you think? Where do you see him being drafted?
1: Yeah, I'd be very surprised if Tommy's a first round draft pick. Um, to me, I see him as a day two guy, which means second, sec, um, second round guy all the way to the tenth, but obviously I don't think he'll be like a seventh or an eighth round pick to me. I think he gets wrapped in the second round. Maybe, you know, if he falls a little bit, maybe competitive balance B, but to me, the way I look at it, I think, I think Tommy's, Tommy's done a pretty good job. I think he would have, you know, maybe gotten the same amount of money as he would have last year, but you know, I can understand why he gambled on himself. Um, But we'll see if it pays out. Maybe somebody, you know, thinks that they that there's more in the tank with Tommy and they take him a little bit earlier and give him the money that he wants. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. And I, I think whatever team drafts him, I think they're gonna they're gonna get a pretty they're gonna get a really good pitcher and a guy that I think I can see him as I'm not gonna say the ace, but he'll be one of the key guys in the rotation in the future.
1: I think he's a middle to back end of the rotation arm. A three guy. That's why I see in him. I don't think he has like that absolute lightning fastball with a or a like a disgusting breaking pitch. I think he's just a solid pitcher. You know, smart pitcher, throws strikes, and just knows how to get out, but can also eat up innings, which nowadays is a rarity. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's not. He's not gonna. He's not gonna have the stuff that Brady. Someone like a Brady Singer has, but. Like you said, he's going to be a consistent guy in the rotation that can, if he's on, he can go seven, eight, seven, eight innings in the game, and then all of a sudden you can make way for the closer. Correct. Now, Jack leftwood where where do you see him at the next level? Do you see him as a starting pitcher, a middle relief, or a clo- or more of a closer? Because uh, this stuff is filthy. Yeah, when he's I, on,
1: I think it's a bullpen guy. I think. I think we started to figure out why, you know, it hasn't worked out for him for a full season as a starting pitcher. And I think it's because he's a bullpen guy. I think if you let him, if you give him one inning, he can let it rip. He can throw that, you know, he can get to up to 97 miles per hour. He can throw that nice breaking ball that he has. I think, I think bullpen guy for him, plus he, he's already a two pitch mix guy. He doesn't have a third, third pitch. And that's what major league pitchers really need a third pitch. If not, it's very difficult to be a starter long term. So to me, he's a bullpen guy, and you know, with some development, maybe he could be a back end bullpen guy or a potential closer in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, and do and speaking of that, do closers usually or guys that are projected to be closers? Do you see them usually going in within the first ten rounds, or are they guys where on like day three there'll be guys that get picked around there?
1: it really just depends on the talent. Like, if the kid's, if the kid's talented, he's got, he's got some great stuff, then, you know, you obviously get him. But there's obviously some guys that, some organizations that would rather wait, you know, try to get a starting pitcher, you know, through the first 10, and then, you know, start focusing on bullpen guys. But if there's a guy with the track record of success as a bullpen guy, like a guy that I would think about i lot Kevin Copps because he was excellent for Arkansas. Absolute monster. I think he's going to be the Golden Spikes award winner if he isn't already. Oh, he should be. Yeah. And that guy, that's a guy that's not in anybody's top 200, top 250 um, thing. And it's because he's a closer, you know. But let me tell you this. He's a closer that can eat up innings. He's a multiple inning closer, you know. If If you go up to him and say, hey, go get me six outs, he's like, Okay, I'll give you six outs. Boom, boom, boom. No issue. Yeah, yeah. Because I,
0: I would ask about someone like Kevin Koska. because I was actually really good. Because I didn't I didn't know if he would be one of those guys that could possibly go in the first round with the season he had, but that that I just find it weird how you can have that kind of season and not be a top two hundred prospect.
1: Yeah, it it has more to do with projectability and stuff like that. Even though I like the velocity he throws, he's not like a ninety ninety one guy I think he's gone up to like ninety four ninety five miles per hour but like I said I'll, you know teams rather not draft relievers very early in the draft they want to get you know closures and or you know they want to get starting pitchers i mean not closures
0: yeah and um this next guy that I'm gonna ask about is very interesting because we all saw that he was not a great catcher but when you put him at third base he played a lot better and that's Nathan
1: Hickey all right so let me tell let me tell you about Nathan he's not a catcher i don't think you really, i don't even think he played catcher in high school i think i think he might have had like some catching experience in florida just needed a catcher and nathan's like i'll do it and Nathan, and you know with nathan's bad you had to keep him in the lineup it doesn't matter how bad he was defensively he was one of your best run producers so, but at the end of the day, he actually is a more natural third baseman. That's his natural position. That's where I think he'll be in, you know, at the next level, either at third, first, or in left field. To be honest with you, I mean, we were talking about Swarber earlier. That's who people are drawing comparisons to. They they see they see Kyle Swarber in and, and Nathan Hickey. And I've and to be honest with you, I absolutely agree. I see it. I see the power. I see you know, I think what Nikki's, what Hickey has done. And I didn't see Hickey, you know, I didn't see Swerver hit at Indiana when he was coming up from the college ranks. But I like Nick, Nathan Hickey's approach. He's a guy that doesn't strike out a ton and is willing to go the other way. He's not just trying to pull the ball and hit bombs. If you give him something on the outer half that he can get a hold of, he'll send it to left center field for a double.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, what's the latest you've heard about his draft projection? Where do you think he goes? I think he's a day two guy. I think because there's defensive question abilities, I think the bat's a day one guy. I think the bat could make him a day one guy, but I think with the defensive questions, he'll fall third or fourth round, but we'll still get a pretty nice signing bonus and start his professional career and not come back to the University of Florida.
0: Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't I, I don't expect him back either. I mean, you have the kind of season he had with, on with the bat and – now knowing that he's a natural third baseman, easy 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 to see that he's a, he's picked by Dave too.
1: Yep. And like I said, if if, if even if third doesn't really work out, like boy, if he doesn't have like the the ability to the quick twitch, um, he can go on the left field, and I think he has a good enough arm to play left field. Yeah, I,
0: I could definitely see that.
1: Yep. Like I said, Kyle Schwarber.
0: Yep. Is the is there a a Florida signee that you think gets drafted? But there's still, I would say, get drafted within the first two days. But there's still a chance he makes it to campus.
1: With the draft only being twenty rounds, it's going to be difficult. To me, I think if you're drafted within the first two days, you're probably gone because they're going to make they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you sign. Because I mean, there's been guys that have that were drafted in the top 10 rounds and have made it campus. for I me. Mean, one guy that comes to my mind is Brandon Sparra, the pitcher out of Florida. He was the seventh-round pick by the Texas Rangers. And he's been at Florida. I mean, he's been pretty productive. I think next year you're going to see a big jump with him, especially with the velocity that it's at. And he's playing the collegiate national team. So I just think teams are going especially, you know, in 40 rounds, you know, Barco got drafted in the 23rd round. They were never going to sign him. They were just – they just drafted him because they, they needed to take guys. But to be completely honest I think just – they're going to try to sign all 20 guys. And if you have some competitive balance, maybe you miss on – you you waste one of your, like, your 19 to 20-round pick on a on a high school guy that, you, that has already announced, hey, I'm going to college. Don't waste a draft pick on me. But because you have draft picks to burn and you don't want to spend more money, here you go. We'll draft you. Here we go. Go buyer had, go buyer had a lid just to say you got drafted. Yeah.
0: And to this day, I'm still surprised that Brandon Sproke made it to campus.
1: That was a huge, I didn't even know he was that good. Th- I didn't know the, about the velocity because I never seen him. he's in pace. So he said Northern Florida, I'm in South Florida, but I mean, Pace high school is a pretty big baseball program in that area. But oh, yeah. on perfect game, I saw 92 miles per hour. I was like, but he was skinny. I was like, okay, 92. There's some projectability there. He's got good size. Pretty skinny. You know, maybe when he gets a little bit bigger, or stronger, he'll start. You know, maybe getting up to the mid 90s. First, first spring game, first fall game at Florida, 98. I was like, what the heck? Wait, wait a minute. Is that is that him? Is this like some transfer that I didn't see before? No, this is the guy that now I know why they drafted him in the seventh round. It all made sense. All of a sudden, it's like that's what the Texas Rangers saw. But they weren't able to keep him.
0: Yeah, I, I can say right now in this area, Pace and Catholic High School are the two baseball programs in the area. Like they are the two best programs in the area, and, and it's not close.
1: Yeah, I know Addison Russell went there. He was a first rounder out of that high school, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, he went 11th overall.
1: Yep, I remember. I can that. say
0: right now he was a heck of a football player around here too. So. If he decided to play football, he could have done that.
1: Yeah. But no, nope, he I don't even know what he's doing right now. He's not in base he's not in Major League Baseball anymore. He might be I think he's in Korea. Yeah, it's probably that's probably where he is. He's probably mashing over there too.
0: And well since we covered Jay Allen, we know he's not making it to campus. Who I I guess I would ask what
1: if he was the make of the campus? What position
0: would he have played? Would he have been the center fielder?
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. He would have that's that's his most natural position. That's where you know he absolutely excels. He would have been it, probably would have been the starting center fielder because when you look at Florida's roster, if Fabian does leave and if Young does go to the draft, you don't have a center fielder on your roster. You don't, you know, the only outfielders I can think of are Cali Lau and thompson and both of them are corner outfielders maybe infielders but they can't play center field you need an athlete a big-time athlete to play that position to cover that much ground jay allen is that and more but that's part of the reason why i don't think he makes it to campus in fact if i were the betting man i'd put a lot of money on jay signing professionally
0: yeah and jacob Young. know i knew i was forgetting one jacob young where do you, where do you see him going
1: I see him in the fifth or seventh round range I think the teams already know this kid's never gonna hit for power he's not gonna he's not gonna be a 30 home run hitter if he makes it in the big leagues hell he might not even be a fifth, a 10 home run hitter in the big leagues however what he does he's great at he's very he's a great you know he has great approach to the play he makes a lot of contact he has great speed and he has a high baseball IQ so because you know who he is you don't have to try new things with him. Just let him be who he is and try to fix, you know, the little deficiencies. Just, hey, just, you know, at that point you're you're telling Jacob you're never going to hit in the middle of the order. You're going to be a top-of-the-order guy. Or, you know, maybe you hit, you know, especially if you're in the American League or if the NL adopts the the DH, you know, we'll put you as the ninth batter. So that way you can be like a second um, leadoff hitter. But that's where I think he'll be. He'll be a top or the the bottom-of-the-order hitter. But I think he's a guy that will be productive. If he makes it to the big leagues, I think he's going to have – I think he's like a David Eckerson type approach. That's who I kind of see with him. And that's another former Gator. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was a walk-on. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. I just see that type of hitting approach and that type of style of play that he has.
0: Yeah, because he's one of those guys that, like you said, is not big in stature. He's not a big power guy, but – he just does everything right. Like he plays the game the right way. He's one of those guys that you clearly want on your team. Absolutely. And I know that you'll be happy if your Marlins actually dra- – I, I think I saw your projection had the Marlins taken him.
1: Yeah, so, my, my third mock draft, and I'm going to have one coming up this week um, for six rounds, but my fifth-round pick for the Marlins was Jacob Young. And why the Marlins need a guy with a big hit tool, and that is exactly what Jacob Young has. Big hit tool and speed and good plate display.
0: Hmm, maybe the Braves can jump right in front of y'all and take them just for the heck of it. Hmm, that'd be nice.
1: Yeah, there's, there's plenty of other options within the fifth round. But Jacob Young would be a good option. That'd be a good pick. And you know what? <laughs> Looking at your outfield, outside of Acuna, you really could use another outfielder.
0: Yeah, so, I, yeah, I, th- I think that um, – Especially after the Ozuna situation. situation. Yeah, he keeps getting hit. I don't know what's going on.
1: No, the Ozuna situation. Yeah, yeah, I don't,
0: ex- I don't expect him back, period. So –
1: Now, Pache doesn't look like he's going to pan out, but it's still early with him.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's still a little bit early, but, yeah, it doesn't look great right now.
1: I got, I got Louis Brinson vibes with that guy.
0: Well, that's not good.
1: <laughs> that's really not good yeah that that is that is disappointing that, that is very disappointing range and the reason why i throw the lewis brinson vibes is because brinson was also a top 15 prospect coming up and came up to the barnes and did nothing
0: hmm. and, and I, I guess um well I'll, I'll say which sign which draft eligible signing would you be which one do you think has a chance to have the best
1: career? To me it's painter and the reason why I look at painter and I think he's going to have the best career is because he already has the highest floor. I think out of all the high school pitchers in the country, his floor is the absolute highest and I think his ceiling could still get pretty high because he is six foot seven and 230 pounds. He could still add weight and add some velocity, but that's not what it's really about. It's the fact that he throws five pitches. He throws five pitches for strikes and he has, and he knows what he's doing on the mound. He's the guy that I I think he'll be the first high school kid out of this class to make it the big leagues. And the reason why is I think, you know, he's obviously extremely talented, but I also think he knows what he's doing. I think he, he has an advanced game plan. You know, a lot of these kids, when they're coming up, they're mostly throwers, and you know they don't really you know have much of a game plan. They're just I throw ninety eight, so I'm just gonna blow it by you. See ya. Painter is a guy that uh, ninety eight. I, I could throw ninety six, but you got a piece of it last time. Let me give you my slider. Yep, looking stupid. See you.
0: Yeah, and, and watching him pitch, just watching film and highlights, is amazing that this kid's eighteen years old. And has an array of pitches like that already.
1: And also, he when he throws, it looks normal. It doesn't look like he's trying to throw hard. It doesn't look like a lot of effort. And that's a big sign because that you know that means it, at least what it looks like. That means it's he's not putting you know he's not really trying to you know throw hard in order to get up to that velocity. It's just easy for him to get up to the low to mid nineties.
0: Yeah, and and I I would agree that I feel like he has, he has a chance to be the first high school player to make it to the major simply because he's a pitcher with that kind of pitching ability and also who's His projected repertoire. to get him. Yeah, and also who's projected to get him. The team that I saw that was projected to get him desperately needs pitching right now, and it's the New York Yankees.
1: Yep, the Yankees have definitely been a name, but I think he can go as high as 13 to the Phillies, and that's the team that I've heard the most about, but I feel like the Phillies are, aren't are going to draft him. I think they might have higher needs, even though they like him as a better player. They like him as a player, but they have more um they have bigger issues than starting pitching, so they might go a different route simply because you know, Painter, we love you, but we just need an outfielder. So, and we need an outfielder quickly. So, we're going to go get Colton Kowser out of Sam Houston State.
0: Yeah. And I was watching something actually. Um, I want to say it was last night on the MLB network. And I think they were doing like the top 100 prospects. And one of the, the one I saw, I saw plenty of Florida guys. I think they had Jeff Fabian as, like, the number 24 prospect. And um, I saw Chase Petty was around, like, 35. So do you do you see him going in that range around the 35th pick, around that range?
1: I think he's actually a late first rounder. I think, you know, th- the biggest thing with him is there's really the risk. But that's a guy that has big-time velocity, that's hit 100, t- 100 a couple times already. And that's another guy that when you watch him pitch, it doesn't look like a ton of effort. But he's a guy that I know has been connected with the Dodgers and the Twins. So while looking at that, I I simply think he ends up going late first round. If not, he'll be one of the first um, competitive balance A-round picks in the draft because there's a lot to like about him. Even though there's a reliever risk, there's still a chance that he could become a starting pitcher. And if he does become a starting pitcher, he'll be a frontline guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I was gonna ask what his risks were because I mean, I mean, I know he throw he's touched over a hundred multiple times, but my other question is, I guess how many how many different pitches does he have besides yeah. just the fastball?
1: But he does have he does have a plus breaking pitch and a okay changeup, but at least there's there's a changeup there. It's a probably about an average pitch. But there's a possibility that it could develop into a pretty good pitch. And at that point, once you got three plus pitches, you're a starter at the big league level. But they also yeah, think because- that the another issue is, you know, if you you'd rather have your starting pitchers six foot two and above, and he's like six, six, one.
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw he was he was a little short, but I mean, man, to be six feet and throwing hundred miles an hour, that's crazy. Yep. And I, I honestly think I, I would say I think Jay Allen is a guy that, like I said, once he fully commits to baseball, I think he has a chance to – once once he does that and his back gets better, I think he has a chance to skyrocket through the minors.
1: You know who I've actually – because I've been watching and just like – and obviously it's actually a player that has really started to break out this season. But the guy that I – when I watch Jay Allen, the guy that I watch and think of is Byron Buxton? That's what. Yep. What Jay, I, I agree
0: 100 right there.
1: I think Jay Allen. See, I don't. You know, it's tough to you know really tell what Jay Allen ceiling is because of everything that's been going on. You know, he really. You know, he plays three other sports, but the level he's at now, I don't even, I don't even think he's close to getting to what he could be. And I think that's. And I think MLB teams see that and want to take him in the first round. But if first round pick doesn't pan out. You know, let's say, you know, instead of being Byron Bucks and he turns it to Michael Taylor, you know, you know, then it's going to be a bad, bad look on the scout. He's like, hey, man, it was tough to judge because he has all these tools and he has, you know, and he, you know, he hasn't been fully committed to baseball yet because he has these other priorities in football and basketball. I mean, hey, this kid was an elite 11 quarterback. You know, he started getting some big time D1 interest once he got invited to the elite 11. So. There's a lot to like about Jay Allen. And I think, you know, in the right organization with the right player development system, he'll be a very good player and he will be a very productive big leaguer.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And another player I, can, I guess I can see a little bit of in him is I was saying Lorenzo Kane.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, think kane has got a little bit more power I don't think Jay's ever going to be like a third. I, I just, actually, you know I, I guess I'm
0: in defensively.
1: Yeah, defensively, I could see the range, but I think Jay Allen's faster than Kane. I think Kane, what Kane excels at is reading swings and getting great jumps. I, I go with a Buxton comparison because Buxton has elite speed and he could absolutely get to the ball. You know, he might not have the best read, but his speed will make up for it and he'll make a nice diving catch because you know he's just Byron Buxton and that's why I go with that comparison because I think Kane is a is a very is one of the most intelligent defenders I've ever seen but Buxton is just uber athletic and that's why I see with Jay Allen in fact Jay Allen might be the most athlete, like physically gifted most physically athletic prospect high school prospect in this draft
0: yeah and uh which po- what I And I would ask, which player do you think – I would say is boom or bust?
1: From Florida – from the Florida class? Yeah. It would probably have to be Jay Allen as well. And it's because you really don't know what you're going to get out of him. I mean, you see see what you see in high school, and you hope that it could translate, but you never know. I mean – But I mean, let's let's face the Buxton, a guy that I just compared him to was supposed to be the number one overall pick. I think he ended up going like two or three, and it took him a while to finally start showing what he's capable of. I mean, you always saw glimpses of it, but you never fully saw you never saw it for a full season. We're starting to see that now with Buxton. I think it's going to be a process with Jay. I think whatever team drafts him needs to know, hey, this kid's probably going to take some time. I wouldn't expect him for you know this isn't a guy that's in three years. You know, be ready. He's coming. You know, it might be a five or six year plan. But by the time he gets there, they're confident that he's going to produce at the big leagues. I think it's got to be an organization that has outfield them. Like when I say the Blue Jays, I think George Springer. They, got, they already have a center fielder and a very good one. One of the best center fielders in the game, George Springer. By the time that contract runs out, which is about four to six years, Jay Allen could be ready. And at that point, if they decide to move on from George Springer for one reason or another, they already have an internal option and Jay Allen, and then there can give him a fair shake.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, never want to see any of these guys bust or anything. I want them to all be successful. But yeah, I agree, and it's simply because I'm going to say it again. He's focused on three different sports and. At the time, so I mean, now he can fully commit To baseball, he knows that's his sport He knows that's what he's going to play It's just now it's a matter of development Yep and, and I guess now I can ask the same question From this draft is overall Not just for this class
1: um, Biggest boom or bust um, I'm going to go with a high, another high school kid A kid that signed to Mississippi State But I don't think makes it is James Wood. Now, James Wood, when I watched when I first watched him, he, he's an IMG kid, but is originally from Maryland, was a basketball player. This kid has only been playing baseball for really like two to three years. But the kid's an absolute like freak. He's about 6'7", 215 pounds, has incredible bat speed, and you know, could be like if things work out well, could be like an Aaron Judds type player. You know, he might not be as big as strong as Judge, but the production could be at an Aaron Judge level, and the the height, you know, adds to why. Hey, maybe this guy could be the next Judge. However, there are, because he's still kind of like, you know, learning how to play baseball. There's some mechanical issues that need to be fixed. So that's a guy who every you know, whoever team drafts him needs to take their time. They need to know, hey, this kid's a project. But if we do, if we do a good job. This, could, this kid could be one of the best players to come out of this draft, if not the best. So we just got to be smart with it. We have to be patient. We can, you know, if we don't feel 100% confident that this kid could, you know, can go from a ball to double A, because that is a huge jump. Double A is the cream of the crop, that is where the best prospects are. Then don't do it once you're 100%, because you don't want to hurt that kid's confidence. And confidence, the mental part of baseball, is the most important part. That's why you have so many different sizes and shapes when it comes to baseball players. You know, you can be the most physically, you know, you can be Deion Sanders. You can be the fastest guy in the world and you'll just be an average baseball player, but the greatest cornerback to ever play the game of football. But that's what makes baseball so difficult because it's the mental part. And I'm not saying Deion lacked confidence. I think we all know that that ain't true, but it's a grind. And that's why Michael Jordan couldn't hang you know, really started to struggle towards the end of his baseball career. Short baseball career, I should add. But he didn't realize how much of a grind it is and how how mentally beating it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And um, I, I just think this draft in general is going to be very, very interesting because it's a lot of great players. And Florida has a lot of great players, signees that are draft eligible. And I know we touched we haven't really touched on Christian Armstrong because I think the last the last show we did when we discussed the draft, I think you said you expect them back on campus. Correct. Is, is there a possible chance that team maybe waste a pick on him? Why
1: would you say waste? I mean,
0: well, maybe not waste a pick. I guess i will say maybe think about taking them and and I guess trying to look seeing if they could sign them.
1: But one thing that kind of is going against Chris Armstrong's way is his eight not agent his advisor he's a scott boris guy and we all know who scott boris is scott oh, boris is great he's gonna look <laughs> at the size the strength and the and the bat speed and he's like this guy deserves all of your son uh, all of your signing bonus money not just one not just his law value literally every single one and he's gonna oversell on chris armstrong and ignore the fact that his k-rate was about 40 percent but when you put the ball in play, he did damage. His BABIP was incredible. And for those you don't know what BABIP stands for, it is batting average of balls in play. So that bat, it's a batting average when you just don't strike out. So take out just take out all your strikeouts, and that is your and that is your BABIP. You know, take out the take out all those Ks that you did, take away those at bats, and add all your hits, and that's the type. That's what that's what you do when you put the ball in play. When the when the balls in play. That's how productive you are. And I think he's about a 400 hitter, 400, 500 hitter when he puts the ball in play. The kid's a big, strong kid. He has great bat screen. He has excellent power, but, you know, he's got to cut down those strikeouts. Even if you take away yeah. a little bit of the power, you know, just to, you know, if you're going to cut down, I mean, look, I don't think he will ever be like a 20 strikeout rate guy. I think he'll be, you know, always like in the upper 20s. But if you can get to the upper 20s and produce at a high level, Teams are going to put – you're going to be in the lineup every day. You know, you can go 0-for-5-1 game with five strikeouts, but the very next day with your ability, you can go three for four with two bombs and a double that almost knocked down the left center field wall.
0: Yeah, I was going to say his plate vision definitely has to improve
1: because, because like you said, I mean, the power is there, the size is there. and, and he to be playing football. You know, I'm surprised C-Rob has a, Has a contact and was like, hey, man, we got, we got An open scholarship for football You know, if you want to consider
0: Agree with that, But there's some prospects that we're going After in the high school ranks in football That, um, I think they need those scholarships
1: Yeah <laughs> You know, maybe maybe bring him on as a walk-on Just, you know, hey You know, he's 6'3", 230, you know, let's six Probably 6'4", actually, 230 You know, let's see what he can do Maybe put him on the, maybe put him as an edge guy
0: I mean, he has the hair. I mean, we could call him Alex Anzalone part 2.0. I mean, hair.
1: So. I don't think he has Anzalone type hair, but, you know, he's got, little little as... lettuce. he's got some lettuce, but not 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 Alex's lettuce. That That is sunshine from Remember the Titans.
0: Yeah, I think AJ Puck has the same hair now. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of which, is, is he still with the athletics?
1: Yeah, he's just banged up. That's. That's kind of been the history. That's kind of been the history of his professional career. When he's on the mound, he is excellent. He is a great reliever, but it, it would be nice to have him for more than just a couple games a season. That is why people say your best ability in sports is availability. It's
0: availability, yeah.
1: Yep. And it's so important for you to be available. I mean, just look at the Yankees. You know, it's you know if they get a hundred games out of Judge or Stanton. You know. The Yankees are a great team. The Yankees are putting up incredible offensive numbers. When Judge Judge and Stanton are on on the I.L., their offense takes a nosedive. Oh, yeah. But this year, Judge has stayed healthy. So, that's great. You know, Judge is finally, you know, hopefully he's finally figured out a way to, you know, play at least 100. Look, you don't need to play 162. If you play about 130, you're good. And in the, in the American League, you're, you have a DH. If you need a day that, like, hey, coach, you know, I feel a little tight in – I don't feel like playing the outfield, but I can still hit, then you go go ahead. You know what, Stanton, you take the day off or go to right field and Judge will play and Judge will be our DH today.
0: Yeah, and um, it, it's funny. With Puck, I think he was the first pitcher I've ever seen that threw a 98-mile-an-hour slider.
1: No, that that he doesn't throw 98 mile per sliders that's just fastball but he can get up to the 90 slider oh no was i was, was watching
0: i was watching the game and they had the radar gun and he threw a slider and
1: it legit said 98 well that that might have been the exit velocity off the bat or a misread
0: i was gonna say because they missed it they did not hit the
1: ball bad. <laughs> well, yeah it might have been 89 and they put they put it wrong i can believe an 89 mile per slider but 98 you know that's his. That might be his fastball. On a you know when he just lets one rip, you know he's not Jacob Degrom throwing 95 mile per hour sliders. You know mixing in with 102 mile per hour fastball. You know and also hitting the corners. It's just like I give up. I'm not even gonna try to hit. You know, yeah, just yeah. it's inevitable.
0: Yeah, Degrom is a cheat
1: code. Like that's just not fair. Dude. Yeah, and it's, it's, just, it's funny he because plays, he went he to Stetson. He's Met a Florida today. guy. Degrom's a Florida guy. Went to Stetson.
0: Yeah, but he plays for the Mets, and it's, it's, it's just sad. I mean, he's playing for the wrong team in New York. I, I, I'm just say that.
1: Yeah, and Garrett Cole ain't that good without without his precious Spider Attack. Hey, we, yeah, you be respectful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he'll still strike both of us out.
1: Well, yeah, I'm a I'm a washed up um, former college baseball player that now writes articles about high school kids and college kids, and on Sundays. Play you know softball, oh, hey, i will about top five in the league. But you know the Yankees are coming. You know asking me to you know give them a private tryout. You know my my days are done. I just play now, some now fun. you now you know if
0: they asked you to do a private tryout, you do it.
1: Of course, but they're not coming. They're not they're not coming to the the middle of town, Miami to watch a um, modified pitch softball league
2: and watch a <laughs> guy
1: go two for three with two doubles right center field, they don't give a crap. They're going to like, hey, hey, you're good here. But in the big leagues, it's not coming 60 miles per hour. It's coming at 98. By the time you blink, the catcher's already throwing the ball back. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I agree. And before we close it out, do you have any final thoughts on, you know, just what, what you expect to see in this draft? There are, are there any surprises that we may should look out for?
1: Um yeah, I think I think there'll be some surprises. I think one kid that I would keep an, an eye out for that is a Florida signee. And he's not a very highly ranked kid in their class. I mean, granted, he is like a top two fifty prospect in the country, but when you look at Florida's number one recruiting class, he's kind of like towards the middle or the back end. Look for Carl Hartman. I think he's a guy that um will get drafted and I think he will start his professional career. And that was a kid when Florida signed him, was in was literally didn't have a ranking. No one knew who he was. And then he goes to one tournament, throws 93, and Florida's like, Yeah, you're coming with me. Here you go. Let's go. Sign right here. And now, and I think after that tournament, he became a top 100 prospect because he had three nasty pitches. And I think now he's going to get drafted. And I think he's going to go charge professional care with some team. I don't know who.
0: Yep. Another guy that we thought we had that's now gone.
1: So, yeah. Hey.
2: But hey, hey, there, look, I'll come tell you right now. There you're... is
1: a guy that I think, that I think that people might not believe that he makes it to campus, but I think he will. Oh, really? Now, yeah.
0: One who this could be.
1: Who do you think? I'll tell you.
0: Is his last name Fox?
1: Oh, I—I I mean, look, i have i i think Fox is making it to campus, but um that's just more i think that's more of like a 60 40 i think 60 percent chance he makes it a campus and then 40 is a team you know drafts him but he was a guy that i've always thought was gonna eventually make it a campus but it was a guy that when you look at him you think there's no shot this kid makes it a campus but i think at the end of the day he will actually end up being on florida's campus and he'll be on florida's roster for the 2022 season It'd be great to have him. Yep. Is that
0: the guy is that the guy you were talking about or
1: no 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 Jack? No. But you know, because of the injury, that's that influenced my my decision on him. but before I thought he was leaving. I'm I'll just tell you who it is. It is another big lefty. It's Pierce Capala. And it's a guy that I have compared to AJ Puck because of the ginormous size six, eight, 215 pounds, literally topped out at ninety-eight miles per hour sometime in his senior season you Wait, think you the how... other
0: guy from new jersey
1: yes he's the six foot eight guy from new jersey with the long arms he was he was actually committed to uva and florida yeah. flipped him this isn't the first time florida's flipped a uva kid you know they flipped barco barco was a uva commit for a while and then before his senior season he flips to florida
0: Yeah, because I I remember hearing that name before, and I was like, oh, he came from, he flipped from Virginia. Then I started looking at it, I was like, okay. Then I saw the size, and I was like, wow, this kid makes it to campus. But I mean, it's great to have him. It'd be great to have him, but.
1: I'll tell you why I think he makes it to campus. There is a surplus of left handed pitchers in this draft class. There is one left handed pitcher in this draft who I think will be an early day two draft pick who threw four consecutive no-hitters in his senior season. Four consecutive no-hitters. And he's not a guy that I think is going to take a lot of money to sign him away from his commitment. He's committed to UConn. He's a Connecticut kid, but the kid has had an incredible season. There's um, You got Jordan Wicks, um, a left-handed pitcher out of Kansas State, has the best changeup in the draft. I think he's a mid-first-round pick. And there's a couple other guys that come to my mind. Um, Anthony Solomento. Actually, I think if I'm not mis- actually, no, he's not a New Jersey kid. I was about to say, if I'm not mistaken, another New Jersey kid, but I'm not sure if he is from New Jersey. I actually had an article of his published as a potential first-round pick for the Miami Marlins in this draft. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of great left-handed pitching prospects, and I feel like even though, you know, Kapala is this big guy that throws hard, I think there, there's a way that he finds his way on a campus. And, and, in, and I think he could compete for the Sunday role and the Gators rotation because the way I look at it, you only have two spots locked in. You have Sparat and you have Barko, who, who Barco will Barko be the Friday guy. Sparrow's your Saturday guy and then your Sunday guy. It's really going to depend on if one of the veterans, maybe a Timmy Manning can you know improve after the season he's had. Maybe it's Kapala or maybe it's one of the Juco kids, Sean Gilliams. From the College of Central Florida, who was originally playing at UNF. Maybe Gillians, who, if he makes it to campus, he's your Sunday guy, a guy that has a lot of experience as a starting pitcher.
0: Or, you know, if, you know, even though it's not going to happen, Chase Petty
1: decides, you know what? Stop dreaming. Stop wanna... dreaming. <laughs> stop dreaming.
0: Well, I, I was just saying, hypothetically, if he yes. were to step on
1: campus, he would immediately be the Sunday guy. The, the one. The one guy, no. And to be honest, I think he actually. They would probably start him off as like a as a closer, because you know just to help him develop that third pitch and not put him in a very difficult situation. You know to start off his college career. You know you know ease him into it. May, may, maybe get a midweek start every now and then. But for the most part, he'll be used out of the bullpen, kind of like what Florida has done with spirot Yeah,
0: that's true. And I and I'll stop dreaming. I know it's not happening.
1: Yeah. If any floor and to be honest with you. The fact that Petty committed to Florida was a surprise to me. I mean, he's out in New Jersey. I thought he would have ended up at a Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, usually whenever there's a top guy there, he commits over there. I thought Vanderbilt would have gotten him. And he surprised me with the Florida commitment. I know he had a Vanderbilt offer. So that was a surprise. The one kid I know that likes Florida and likes him a lot, but is going to be offered millions of dollars is Painter. Painter committed to Florida as a true freshman. It was as a freshman in high school and at five. You know, and I think it was under 200 pounds at that time. He was already throwing 90, 92. I was, I saw that kid. I was like, he ain't never making the campus. Jesus, that, that size. And he's like a legit freshman. He's not like a one-year held back kid. No, he's like legit 18 years old.
0: And I'll just ask, even though it's probably a no, is there a possible chance no, to think no. about
1: it? If, if, if there is, but it's very slim. I'd put it under 10%. And that would be... The fact that no one drafted him in the first round and he got pissed and he's like, you're not offering me, you're not going to drop me in the first round and you're not going to offer me first round money. Forget you. I'm going to Gainesville and I'm in three years. Maybe you'll have the chance of drafting me again, but you're going to have to pay up big time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Even so though he I, doesn't I, have that attitude. He, he's actually a very down to earth kid. He won't say that. He'll be like, oh, I respect your decision. I'm gonna to go to Florida. Thanks, guys. Well well, Gator fans
0: that are interested in listening to this show, I try I tried to get Hector to possibly give you guys some hope on whether either one of those two possibly make the campus, but That's why I be real, those they're locks. not they're not. They're they're mocks to be gone. But but he gave us Kapala, so <laughs> that, that helps.
1: Because him being 6'8 and being able to throw like that. And just because I said by the way, just because I said it does it's gonna that I think it will happen doesn't mean it's gonna happen. I, mean, I can be that, dead let's wrong. Let's get that out there. Let's get that out there. Yeah, yeah I can definitely. be dead wrong because of how unpredictable this what we draft is, but this is what I feel, and this is what I've heard from people who you know really do a good job of covering the draft. I, I'll give out the one of the names. Shout out to my to my guy from Prospects Live. Ian Smith, he does a great job of covering the state of Florida. And also he has, you know, he's part of a team that does a great job of covering every inch of the country with high school and collegiate talent. So get, you know, shout out to those guys at Prospect Life. They do a phenomenal job. And my main man, Ian, is one of their best.
0: Yeah, definitely shout out to those guys. And, um, all, and also, um, I mean, I, I'll give a perfect example. I mean, Kobe Mayo uh, last year. We thought there was possibly a chance he makes it to campus, and then all of a sudden, the Orioles take him, and they pretty much agree to pay what he wanted, and
1: boom, we lose him right there. Yep. Yeah, and I think he's already hit two home runs in his uh, in the in the FCL, which is rookie ball.
0: Wait, and, and speaking of that, before we close out, I I just wanted to get um, like what 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 exactly are all the classes before the majors? Of course, we know about about double AA, A, triple A, but just kind of give a a process of what these guys may go through.
1: Well, if you're a high school guy, chances are you're gonna start off in rookie ball, which is the lowest level. That's where uh, all the draft pick, high school draft picks, late round draft picks, and international guys usually start. There's also Dominican League. That teams have, which is just all international guys, especially when they sign those 16 and 17 year olds, they start off in the Dominican Summer Leagues. They go to then they transfer, you know, if they do well, they move up to rookie ball, which is usually in their team's um, spring training facility. So you, most of those teams are in Florida and Arizona. After that, you move up to lowing. And that's just a low level. They used to have three different levels of A-ball, but Rob Manfred um, eliminated um, just A-ball full season. I mean, A-ball mid-season. Now it's just A-ball, A-plus, double-A, triple-A. And then the bigs. Yeah, then the big leagues.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that pretty much gives you a glimpse of, you know, how how long it, it could possibly take for them to get to the majors.
1: Yeah, it's a process. But if you're if you're a college guy, you know it could be a one or two year thing. But if it's a high school guy, I mean, if you're 18 years old and it takes you about four to five years to get called up, that means you're getting called up at around 22 or 23 years old. That's a pretty good start to your big league career. That's not that's not you know you're not very old. You're not an old rookie at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: definitely, definitely, and um. Before we close now, Hector, let everybody know where they can follow you and where they can read your articles.
1: All right. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, my ad is at Hector underscore baseball. Like Anthony said earlier, I write for Gator.
0: I think we may have lost Hector, but I can tell you guys right now he works for Rivals.com on on Gators territory, writes baseball, writes baseball articles on there. And he also writes for Rutgers baseball as well on the Rutgers site on Rivals.com. And you can follow him on Twitter at Hector underscore baseball.
2: Say as my nigga, I made him a million that fuck it we are rich I ain't tryna have babies right now, so we fuck with a rubber, but I got a raw bitch. Know this money bring give it, you probably won't be me, but bro, we can't be about no small shit. Overseas got a crowd doing my speech. Can't believe that I'm still in apartment. Business man went and got me in office. Me and Dollar deals, I get them often. Me and Dollar was serving on Spawn Street. all G, he gon' stay with the chopstick I got raw, that shit made me a monster. He bitch you know this my sister, my mama's Now they houses as big as they want them. I didn't run up no motherfucking cars. Living like we in a race, I might come in first and second, but I won't never be last. Lately, I've been in my bag, but told me don't take my foot off the gas. They give you an inch, gonna take you a mile. I'ma shoot by myself like a a foul. City to city, got girls going wild, and I reach for my chain when I jump in the crowd. Lambo solo, low, got a squad. We finally made it, let's pop us a bottle. I took the lead and let everyone follow. They know I'm running it right to the bank. They want me to ease up, I didn't leave with many Sorry, I told them I can't. Heard you a rat, so you know what's going happen whenever we catch you. I run with them snakes. People, all the moves I've been making by the time I get 40, I gotta be one of them greats. Watch how I move with this paper. I know if I stoop at one time, they gon' gonna try to come take it. Really, is it getting these niggas be faking? I don't want their vibes, so they hand I ain't shaking. She on that 42 straight with no chasing I'm tryna get out of here and go taste it. Yeah, my diamonds be it is. See us on TV, unless it's the news. I got something to prove. Yeah, I'm young, but got something to lose. In the street, I didn't pay all my dues. No instruction, ain't talking about literally. I be walking on BCs, you hearing me? I just pray that my kids be a bigger me. They can't get rid of me. My diamonds be BB. Damn. See us on TV unless it's the news. I got something to prove. Em. Yeah, I'm young but got something to lose. In the street, I didn't pay all my dues. No extortion, ain't talking about literally. I be walking on BCs, you hearing me? I just pray that my kids be as big of me. They can't get rid of me. Wake up every day, somebody harassing me. I got rich, they need money, they asking me. I was sitting in jail, they look out for me. Once who need me, no same ones who doubted me. I been handling my own, they can vouch for me. they will way down with me, know that she proud of me. Turn the heat up, ain't nobody hotter me. Everywhere dollars be, that's how I gotta be. I didn't give now she not leaving, said she love me to death. Told her stop breathing. He try to do what I do, but we not even. I want all of the beef, I am not vegan. Boy, you said it was smoke, nigga. stop speaking. Vince don't drop the top, I can't stop speeding. Trying to see if this bitch hit the top speed. He hit the bitch from the back, have a knock on me, baby hoe. I control the rock, if the rap slow, I control the block. Yeah, I'm really it, and you niggas not. Nah. Got a couple coos, I can draw the top. I done made it, nigga. All these digits coming in, I'm saving for the bigger picture. Know one day I need them. Might as well get used to me. My biggest fear is ending up where used to be at. Yeah yeah my damn is vv they don't want to see us on TV unless it's the news. I got something to prove. Yeah, I'm young, but got somethin to something to lose. In the street, I didn't pay my dues. Yeah. No extortion, ain't talking about literally. Nah. I be walking on beasties, you hearing me. Nah. I just pray that my kids be a big of me. They can't get rid of me. My diamonds be BV. They don't want to see us on TV unless it's the <laughs> news. I got somethin to something to prove. Yeah, I'm young, but got somethin to something lose. to lose. In the street, I didn't pay my dues. Nah. No extortion, ain't talking about literally. Nah. I be walking on beasties, you hearing me. Nah. I just pray that my kids be a big of me. They can't get rid of me.